Uh, hello, everybody. This is the Value Line Observer brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. Uh, you can read more about us on our website at www.thevalueguys.com. But every week, uh, we 20 year Wall Street veterans, well, 25 year Wall Street veterans, 20, uh, get together and uh, talk stocks. And we use uh, that week's Value Line uh, investment survey as uh, the universe of stocks. You know, that I just want to chime in here for a moment, Vern. Sorry to interrupt. Out. Listen, I got this thing in the mail from Value Line. Yeah. And, you know, why do we use Value Line? Because it's a great resource. They don't pay us or anything. We're just, we've been using it for 20 years. This in the mail today. Over one year, the Value Line number one stocks have beaten the S&P and Dow Jones by 13.4% for the Value Line, 8.5 for the Dow Jones, 6.6 for the S&P. And over uh, 10 years, I mean, I'm not making this up. It's in the mail. Uh, they were up 258%, the Dow Jones up 97, S&P up 89. What do you think about That's that? That's cumulative, I guess. Yeah, cumulative. And the fact is, these are the number ones. I always am looking at the number fours and fives. Uh, well, so, hats off to the value line model. They've got Looks, a nice system uh, Very going. well, uh, but we're not... Uh, no, I don't think we're as momentum oriented no. as the value line model is. And but, if you uh, use a different approach, there's a lot of great just fundamental data. Well, and this doesn't mean that uh, these are the averages, of course. Right. And there's lots of uh, stocks that value line rates uh, uh, at uh, three, four, even five sometimes that are at inflection points. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, so we've we've adopted secret identities so that we can continue to work and continue to be with you here. Every week to uh, uh, try to entertain you. Uh, although we are, of course, doing our best, level best to uh, level best, level absolutely. best to uh, pick good stocks. Although uh, you know, we have to point out that we often know nothing about what we're talking about, and sometimes our judgment has been somewhat impaired by the ingestion of certain well, beverages. Drinking. Yeah, um, let's do a toast. Thank you. Uh, your health. So this is the same advice we give to our institutional clients every week, except that uh, it's the weekend and we've been drinking, wouldn't you say? Isn't that the difference? Yeah, and we're only using this one sheet of paper. Nice and it's succinctly put, as uh, you know, you get anyway. to do on uh, Wall Street. Anyway, later on, I'm going to uh, update everybody on uh, happenings in the uh, coal mining industry, including names like uh, Joy Global and Equipment and Peabody and Arch and... Uh, production the actual miners but first we're going to turn over to my co-host and partner uh in the show mind you i'd like to just be a host and you Val. can be a host i don't want to be a co-host <laughs> you don't want to be a co-host be a host okay but uh, my fellow host thank you val thank you thank Hughes. you very much uh the first thing i want to say is uh we've been getting a lot of mail uh, email and I appreciate all the people who are going to our site filling out a survey and we've just had some photos developed so they're going to be coming to you uh, shortly uh, some uh, autograph photos of Vern and I on uh, on vacation uh, on a recent trip. yeah we did some uh, we took a research visit uh, we've traveled uh, abroad to find you know the information and it's it was, so anyway we appreciate that and I want to particularly thank uh, Amy who uh, actually uh, is a friend of my daughter's so uh, I found out she's a subscriber I want to thank her for listening in and Amy thanks for being a subscriber uh, thanks Amy. thanks for being friends with my daughter appreciate that yeah. anyway this and week a, and, a, and a friend to the value guys absolutely if you're a subscriber you're a friend of the value that's right now this week we're looking at the December 15th 2006 issue 
and it's a lot of energy companies and then some wireless networking energy you know we found some things once in a while it's kind of a commodity area prices who knows right and there's lots of new technologies being invented on college campuses all over America and the world to uh, make oil obsolete so uh, I'm not sure about all that, right? It's not <laughs> happening immediately. That's a broad statement, let's face it. Okay, so I ignored things there. A risk that hangs like a, a fall yeah. over yes. the industry. Yes. Well, you have things like machine. I own. St I, I looked at a stock, Hexcel. We've talked about it on this show. They Someday we won't need carbon-based fuels. Well, they make a composite that you can make in you know mile-long pieces that you can put uh, along the coast and capture, for example, the, the tidal power. and you know, limit, you know, So there's a lot going on, wind and solar. It's all, you know, over the next 50 years so but so not to say you can't make money in an oil or stock. perhaps a little longer could be long but I did find one thing I just want to touch on we've talked about it before Piedmont natural gas page 469 and all I want to say here is that uh, if I can find uh, my little what you do with your Piedmont here we go page. Uh, Piedmont supplies gas to the south East, and this is a population growth area you know one of our themes is demographics here one of the things you can actually predict in uh, you know economics is the age of the 70 year olds this year will be 71 next year that's about all you know and you know their behavior and people are migrating to the southeast even Isn't people the from Piedmont a certain region a name for part of is it like the Carolinas the maybe? Piedmont region yeah, yeah there's mount I think there's mountains called the Piedmont where are they well I North I, Carolina I, South Carolina yeah. Tennessee yeah I'll, okay. I can read it here as mm. well yeah uh, they're in the southeast, so uh, mainly South Carolina and Tennessee, North Carolina, which is getting uh, population at a faster rate than the U.S., and they have somewhat of a monopoly, uh, certainly on gas into the region. They're diversifying their sources from not only uh, the, the Gulf Coast, but also um, into the uh, uh, Rocky Mountains, and so, you know, it looks like they're going to own this franchise for a long time. They're earning 11, 12 percent returns on on equity uh, you pay a little bit of a yield here and here's something to think about to the extent we all need to worry about energy prices in our homes over the years you can neutralize the effect by buying enough stock to cover your energy costs now here's my example let's say you use a hundred dollars a month in energy expenses and uh, you want to find a company that earns a hundred dollars a month for you this company so that'd be twelve hundred dollars a year this company is going to earn a buck thirty a share this year if you buy a thousand shares, that means you've got thirteen hundred dollars a year in earnings from your energy ownership. And so, if energy prices go up and your price every month goes up for energy, you've offset that by the increased earnings in your equity holding. It's a way to make the stock market work for you, and uh, you know you can get energy neutrality. So it looks to me like if you spend twelve hundred dollars a year on energy, you bought twenty-eight thousand shares. I'm sorry, a thousand shares of this. That's twenty-eight thousand dollars. Uh, you'd neutralize your your energy uh, uh, you know risk and uh, you know you could own that for a long time so that's the theme of Piedmont. Not a lot of slope to that line but it's basically well, it's just, done nothing except go up. Yeah it's just a very stable way and I wanted to talk about it with this hedge idea you can hedge against your own energy cost. Okay uh, looking at some values here in the list I came on the uh, specialty chemical area a theme we've had here is that these guys are going to get price increases uh, my own belief is that the recovery is going to continue for a couple of years. The Federal Reserve basically has uh, taken off the gas on interest rate heights. Inflation recently has come in a little bit. Looks like you know people are giving the Fed kudos for moving toward this so-called soft landing. And I think that uh, these specialty chemical guys, which have an important 
aspect in a complex industrial process can get price increases right now without a lot of problems. This is actually one of the points in the cycle where they can get them. And so there's a few here I wanted to talk about. Uh, Avery, ticker AVY, page 480. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, they uh, make, you know, worldwide manufacture of self-adhesive base materials, labels, tapes, office products, all these things that adhere to something, and it's always, a, you know, an opportunity to use chemicals instead of bolting something or screwing something down. Well, most people that have been in an office max or a place like that have probably, you know, at least noticed the label on... The labels. Avery labels and all, but yeah. they may not know that in the industrial world, these guys, and uh, you have a lot of knowledge here, Vern, these guys can glue pieces of metal together so that, uh, you know, they can withstand thousands of tons of pressure and, and they can replace bolts and screws and moving parts and things like that. So they've, they've sort of grown a little bit faster than GDP for a, a lot of years. Uh, Value Line has them growing earnings uh, 9% over the next five years, which, again, a little faster than what you might expect for GDP. They have a long history above average returns, so moving from the you know, return on total capital from the you know, 17, 15, 13% range a few years ago, uh, they're sort of moving up 16, 17, 18 right now, according to Value Line. Return on equity a little higher in the 20s, which is very respectable over the long periods of time. They've been putting up 20% returns on equity for uh, 10 years, and that's just stellar uh, you know, profitability over that type of period. Profit margins in the 6-7%, which suggests to me they won't be seeing a lot of competition because there's just not enough money in it uh, for uh, people that don't have the economies of scale that they do. And that's the way they're able to drive their high returns, I'm sure, is just through scale because there's just not a lot of markup on the on each individual product. Um, they've been uh, in a period here of, uh, let me see here, uh, you know, paying down debt, so good cash flow generator. And the valuation here for what you get on 07, they're showing 650 per share gross cash flow, stock at 67 according to Value Line. That's 10 times next year. That's a great number to be paying. That's 10% return, cash flow return on your investment. And then CapEx here is a little higher than I'd like in relation to that. It's two bucks, so that gives you four. Uh, you know, net of CapEx, and suddenly you're at 15 times sort of a free cash flow, but that's still respectable for a company selling at a discount to the S&P on a PE basis and apt to grow a little faster than GDP, 2.4% yield on that, Avery Dennison. Uh, the next one I come to is HB Fuller, very much the same theme as Avery Dennison, ticker FUL, page 486, uh, right around the same relative multiple. This is a 94% relative multiple. Avery Dennison, 96%. Uh, what do these guys do? They formulate, manufacture, and market adhesives, sealants, coatings, paints, other specialty chemicals. Uh, and, you know, it's 95% adhesive sealants and, sealants and coatings. Same theme here. Uh, valuation on this one is uh, right in line with Avery Dennison on cash flow 10 times. They have a little better margin which suggests to me they have a few things a little more proprietary. They probably have deeper market shares in a few things. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're being uh, affected by the same sort of general industrial trends as Avery Dennison. Uh, they have lots of room here, I think, compared to Avery Dennison to improve their returns on capital. They're very subpar. So one thing you might get here is 
uh, an ability to re improve those returns, even if without improving margins, they might improve something like asset turnover or something like that, which uh, I note they have a new CEO here who's apt to come in and do some things to improve that very return on capital. So you might get a uh, jump in earnings here. The stock has done very well over the last year. I think we've been talking about this for most of the year, so I'm pleased with that. Value line still has it rated three. Uh, but, uh, you know, it looks to me like you have a couple years of industrial growth, H.B. Fuller. There's no real other special things I'd say about it, except you have a CEO as a catalyst, subpar returns, and sometimes that leads to something good happening. Value Line predicts earnings growth here of 15% over the next five years. Uh, now, finally, one that looks just the same as this, uh, but I actually came to it last and end up liking it a little more, RPM International. You ever hear of this, Vern? Yes, but I can't remember why. Well, maybe their logo's on something. That's uh, but uh, all I can think of is REO Speedwagon, <clears throat> and they never they never played with REO Speedwagon. I don't think so. No, but uh, anyway, this is page four ninety eight RPM. What do they do? Uh, just like these others, they manufacture and market high performance coatings, sealants, and specialty chemicals, primarily for maintenance and improvement. Well, what I like about maintenance and improvement is. You know, everybody's doing that all the time. You know, there's no slowdown in maintenance or improvement. Uh, and so they're apt to, to, to benefit from, a, a, you know, the stability of that over time. They've got some industrial brand names. I'm a, kind of a sucker for brands. Industrial brands, which none of which I've heard of, of course. <laughs> Neither have I. Tremco, Stonehard, <laughs> Carberline, Ilbrook, Dayglow. I've heard of Dayglow. They sound Yuko, uh... Drivit, Fibergate. And maybe their best, uh, Pettit. So, now wait a minute, here's something. They're consumer brands. Ah, Rust-Oleum. Aha. DAP, that's Damn. some type of thing, right? Yeah, Zinser, um, Marathon, Bondo uh, they make. Okay. And Testers, that's a glue for model builders. When I was a kid, we used to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, Cap Research owns 7.1%. That's a smart firm out in Los uh, Angeles. Well, how much of Los the Angeles. is a consumer piece? Well, I don't know here. It doesn't exactly no, it doesn't say, say, does it? it? But mm. um, anyway, they're, they're saying that they're right now uh, seeing gains in their industrial unit, owning to robust demand for many of their products. And, you know, in the category specialty chemicals, there could be <laughs> well, a lot that's, of them. Well, uh, that's awfully yeah. specific, yeah. don't you think? <laughs> I don't know if I can get all that. Uh, and they also are... Things are good for their stuff. Yeah, all the stuff they make is going very well. Uh, well, they do have something here that's a little more specific. They're showing expense cuts. Expenses will moderate some as the fiscal year wears on. Look for operating margins to steadily widen in the second half. Their margins right now are in the sort of 12.5% range, but if you look back to the past cycle here, uh, this is on page 498, they can get up into the 16% range. Right now, they're in the 12% range. Of course, some of that is simply, you know, they're selling products with lower margin now, but as they get scale, if the economy does continue to grow for the next couple years, which I think the biggest piece of, you know, clue on that is this the Federal Reserve moderating interest rates, and you see the 10-year bond yields coming off really, you know, 75, 100 basis points in the last two months. That's really the thing you want to look at. Um, so if you've got a couple years of running room, these guys are also a lot cheaper than either Avery or Fuller at a 25% discount to the S&P 500. You see that at the top of the page. You get a little yield here as well, 3.4%. Uh, and uh, some potential here, I think, That's to more than a little. improve margins. So uh, what else do we have going on here? The balance sheet is, you know, not as 
good as I'd like, 49% at the cap, but the stability of their margins over time suggests to me they can maintain that. The company's never lost money in the history of the value line page here, which goes back to 1990. And, uh, you know, appears that they're going to have an opportunity to improve their returns on capital. You have a company trading at a 25% discount. 25% discount to the S&P can take their capital uh, returns on capital from 1011 to 1314. That's a lot of leverage. And uh, but why do you why do you think that that's going to happen? I mean, they're clearly performing better than they have in the 10 years of data that you're being shown, and they make well. I'm looking at you know, uh, industrial chemicals and rust-oleum. Well, a couple, a couple. Certainly, rust-oleum has a lot of price. Housing power. boom has probably helped some of this uh, rust-oleum. Uh, you know, I think that when you see the housing boom roll off, that same consumer money that would have gone into the down payment is going into improving and maintaining your own home. So I don't think you've lost that uh, that money I think it goes into these markets we've talked about that in the past with Sherwin-Williams which I want to get to here in a minute mm. so I don't know that's a good point Vern maybe that doesn't happen but if you look back here they do have the ability to earn mid to upper teen margins they're earning less than that right now and I think that uh, you're gonna have an opportunity to at least get somewhat along that path with price increases that's been my theme on these specialty chemicals mm -hmm. and if it doesn't happen you're still getting a three yeah, percent yield, so that's a, it, and you've got valuation cushion. It's trading at a twenty-five percent no, discount. Like so if here. nothing happens, guess what? That's priced in. If something good happens, mm -hmm. you're going to have this stock moving up. So mm -hmm. RPM, mm -hmm. page four ninety-eight, mm -hmm. and then I've got one last mm -hmm. one here uh, that I have talked about before, and that is Sherwin Williams, ticker SHW. Sure, Value Line has this rated one. They raised it in September. I think we've been on this most of the year. Stock has moved up, so the story is still intact. Not as good as it was, um, but it's still a pretty great story. They're selling at a 20% discount to the S&P 500, and what do they do? They have 3,000... Yeah, a little yield, 1.8%. Yeah, they have 3,357 company-owned stores. You've seen their stores all around, the Sherwin-Williams stores with the with the brand Dutch Boy, that little guy with the paint. They also have Pratt and well, Lambert. And, and the Sherwin-Williams brand. We cover well, the earth. Cover the earth. And also Minwax for the I don't car. Know what I don't know what Minwax, their slogan is. Uh, uh, use this and your floor shiny, something like that. I don't know, but it, you put it on floors. Wax on, and, wax off. Yes, yeah. Uh, they're in Cleveland, which uh, you know, great industrial city has some of the, the great. First, um, I believe it was the first uh, city west of the East Coast. I think so. When our great nation was being developed, so. founded, and developed. Yeah, as a result of uh, the uh, Erie Excluding, Canal. Excluding, of course, Erie New Canal. Orleans. Right, that's that's very true, Vern. Thanks for remembering our discussion earlier. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so they're uh, Sherwin Williams. They have these paint stores and uh, margins very stable, twelve thirteen percent. We just talked about the idea that if people aren't buying a new home, they're fixing up their old home, painting it. Um, these guys are not just sellers of paint. Of course, you can go in for advice on uh, how to do things, decor, etc. Uh, they've got a return on capital that's moved into the 20s. You don't have to go to Sherwin-Williams. Just send me an email. I'll tell you how yeah, to paint. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, there's different techniques for, uh, you know, for how do painting. I know? Yeah. Listen, well, no, you're right. There are. Paint. There are what people do doing I know? things with rags and Rag, other kinds and there's of different. Oh, there's a whole different type of no, paint. This is a complicated decision. I'm not, I'm not using decision. a brush, thank you. You can't I'm, just pick a paint I'm off down the to wall. Williams, you got they, your gloss, your flag, your oil base, your water base. They told me I paint my wall with a brick. You're a great look. So there's anyway. a lot to know. Anyway, they can help you with that. They've got these great brands. They've got locations, and they're pretty good locations. There could be a little bit of a real estate play here. Um, I haven't done enough work here to know really how much of their balance sheet is leases. 
uh, Value Line has a little box here on the left. So uh, annual if, rentals, one hundred and seventy million. I that's a billion if seven. Still have if there are collectors out there that would have some of the original signs because they used to have a three dimensional thing where the the paint bucket was With suspended the above the earth, and they used the the paint pouring. Oh yeah, no, oh, I remember that as a as a little kid. I mean, yeah. we're we're uh, you know we're, we're older than uh, kids that don't remember paint, that. What color was the paint? Red. Yeah, it was red. It was red. Yes, it yeah. was. So uh, you know, we're old guys. Suddenly we know this. Right. <laughs> so we know this. This brand is part of America. So uh, as America grows and their houses fall apart, they're going to go to Sherwin Williams, and you don't have to pay a lot for it. Fifteen times earnings, twenty percent discount to the S and P, twenty percent, twenty five percent predicted for this year return on capital, uh, and I think there's. Uh, 10 per, here, I wanted to mention this, 10% of the stock is owned by officers, directors, and employees. That's higher than you typically see for, for a company this size. So uh, they're $8 billion in market cap, 10%. So there's an $800 million bet by employees uh, in, in this stock. Uh, Sherwin-Williams SHW. And my friend, that's all I have. I want to turn it over to you. Time for a brevet. beverage break. I yes, stumbled sir. on that. Well, we've that? been drinking. Yeah. We've warned people about that. Mm. So, Vern, value. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> Take it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I, uh, Thank you. I, I, I'll try to keep this brief in the interest of not... I well, it's necessarily going to be brief. You know this. You know these chemical names pretty well. I don't know them very well. I, I sort of share your feelings about the natural gas industry. So, there was really limited... It's a tough um, week. Yeah, this is a tough week. It's been a tough week in the past. I looked at these wireless networking stocks. You know, some of them interesting business models, but you're paying two and a half, three and a half times a market multiple with yeah. you know <clears throat> very little. Well, only cash a couple flow. of those are going to work, and you don't know which yeah, ones. Right. So maybe just you know buy some of all of them and leave us alone. Yeah. So we can't. But do uh, that. but I am going to you know the coal industry continues to be very controversial with people. Uh, we want to revisit it because we like the story here from a longer-term perspective, and specifically want to uh, specifically want to uh, remind everybody of uh, our interest in Joy Global. The symbol is J O Y G. This is the uh, number one producer of uh, coal. underground uh, coal mining coal machinery. Mining. And Giant they, shovels, that kind of. Oh, thing. Then they have a business where they make. Stuff that's the size of uh, apartment Montana. buildings. Yeah, right. <laughs> to to uh, work in uh, uh, open pit mines. Uh, where a lot of, and a lot of that's coal, but it's also other stuff too. So it's a, they make more than just coal mining machines. I think coal is like two-thirds of... That stuff's important to America. Well, it? it is used for power generation. Probably a lot of flags uh, when you go to their factory. I think the, I think the numbers are worldwide... 50% of electric power is generated, generated with with, by burning coal. And these guys are a couple, you know, um, one of a couple companies making it, this type of stuff. Uh, yeah, right. That's Near pretty monopoly. amazing. Uh, the thing Value Line doesn't mention, the value, the business model is the thing that we love here, is that uh, even with uh, industry capex um, booming, if you will, at least compared to levels of a few just a few years ago, uh, their aftermarket business, parts and service of this huge... Uh, I guess you'd call it a fleet of equipment operating in coal mines around the world. To just is have to keep really going. what drives the return on capital here. They're they're getting some incremental boost, of course, with demand for new machinery now. But uh, even with that business up a lot, it's still smaller 
than their uh, a very their stable annuity under, underlying right. the business. And right now, it uh, value line says uh, the 5.3 billion market cap based on a stock price just under 45. A uh, little over 16 times earnings, about an 8% discount to the market. There's a little bit of yield. Stock's down, uh, I think, approaching 40% from a high at 72 earlier this year, however. Um, but it's above the high from 2005. So, you know, the stocks still continue to do very well. I, by Value Line's calculations here using 2007, uh, 14 times free cash flow. But I'd argue that uh, the investment horizon here uh, for a traditionally cyclical uh, area is maybe stretched out a little bit by underlying fundamentals. Uh, and the company is doing a great job of managing the business in the interest of shareholders. Value line showing 8% of capital is debt on $78 million total balance. But the company recently raised, I don't remember, uh, it, I, full disclosure, I own the stock. Um, $300, $400 million in debt markets, and they're using that to fund a fairly aggressive share buyback. So I have an idea that earnings per share growth might actually exceed what Value Line has in here, mm -hmm. um, just on the buyback, okay? not We're not talking about you know underlying cash flow, but uh, the well, per fewer share, shares, your earnings share per metrics. share go up. Uh, Value Line's capturing some of this. They're showing some outrageous growth rates for <laughs> cash flow, earnings, dividends over the, you know, their amorphous sometime in the near future yeah, depending on what universe you're in wow, but those are those are these very are big strong numbers, numbers 25 30 40 percent numbers that's not going to happen uh, is it? why is the stock down a lot from where it was well, those, earlier those this numbers year? aren't going to happen are they well if it's 30 from 0503 the numbers were pretty small here okay okay so that's from a, a point in the past that it's already in the past. Yeah, yes, that's, that's a strange right. metric for I, those. Yeah, guys. I don't know what the deal is. But uh, uh, there's more to this than just a story of U.S. coal, although that's very important. The stock's down a lot because inventories are up, according to Value Line in their little write-up. Uh, around 42 days, they say, buy one estimate. Um, I'm not so sure that that's at um, winter burn rates, but rather perhaps, you know, current run rate or something like that. We are still heading into the coldest part of winter. Um, a return to normal weather by definition would help coal markets a lot. But anyway, prices have been down in the U.S. But the other big piece of the story here, and that's less than 50% of this business for Joy Global, and they make money everywhere because of the business model. They, Value Line mentions they're opening, opening a uh, factory in China. Uh, this is a great play on China, and it's one of the reasons that we keep coming back to it each time it's featured by Value Line. Um, they, uh, uh, they are the preeminent supplier uh, worldwide of this machinery that you use underground. They have the best developed business model for helping coal miners manage down their cost per ton. Uh, in other words, boost returns. Simple economics and, in any country. You know, if you're a miner, you can't really control, you can try to exert some control through managing supply on the price of the commodity, but you have to be huge to have any effect on global market prices. So really you're a price taker. Right. That means you have to be very aggressive manager of costs. That's how you create incremental return in your business. No company better positioned to help you do that than Joy Global. The Chinese, beginning to understand this, have gone from a net exporter to a net importer of coal in a big way. They can't keep up with the growth of their economy. Uh, something like 70% of electricity in China generated with coal. Most of those reserves suitable for underground development instead of surface. 
Uh, there is another competitor traded in the U.S., B-U-C-Y, Bucyrus, uh, right. that makes equipment for surface mining. Um, Joy Global has sold a lot of equipment into China. China is the largest coal producer in the world, even though they're also aggressively importing it. They desperately need to expand local production. They also badly need to modernize. By some estimates, only one out of three tons uh, of coal uh, that's produced in Chinese mines is produced with machines. The other two-thirds with... They have um, huge environmental you know, problems uh, here, too, to the extent Joy can help them manage that. Well, and there's an interesting... You know, I pulled a, <laughs> I pulled a story off the web before we sat down. Uh, this is a story from a week ago. So it's not like I've reached back to something a long time ago to find the newest development to come out of China. China, this is on uh, China Daily's website, will invest over one trillion yuan about 127 billion U.S. dollars, that's greenbacks, Well, folks, not monopoly revenue money, number here. in developing an alternative coal-based energy source to ease the country's dependence on oil imports, according to an internal So these guys do $3 billion. That's a lot of This money. is liquefied coal is what they're talking about here. The point is that um, coal has to be a huge part of China's energy solution they for a no long choice. time. They have no choice. Um, so, a great story. There aren't many ways to play it. Here's the, you're, uh, happily, the, the most capable supplier uh, that can benefit from that uh, in the Western world probably is publicly traded and you can own it and it's less than a market multiple right now and it's being buffeted by short-term concerns about um, coal inventories and coal prices in the U.S., which ultimately will straighten itself out. Now, the other part of the coal story, of course, so J-O-Y-G, we like it a lot. They're getting ready to report um, earnings, I think maybe Monday. And um, so by the time you hear this, um, if there's any kind of short-term concern about the quarter, it'll be a great chance to uh, buy a great story. Um, we also... Um, um, and for related reasons, we you know we we come back to the the best plays on the uh, the U.S. coal story, which are those that dominate the production base out in the Powder River Basin, which is where they get the lowest cost, cleanest burning coal. Which is so why you address specifically we like the rails out there. Well, and it also it addresses specifically the primary uh, problem that most people have with the whole coal and coal mining industry is that it's um, Dirty apparently or not uh, bad for the uh, bad for the environment. <laughs> um, well, it is. So Peabody Energy, BTU, Arch Coal, ACI, one is 17 and a half times earnings, one is 17.8, 0 0.95, 0 0.97 relative. 0 0.6, 0 0.7 yields. I so mean, almost indistinguishable. So if you're Arch a social investor, you're going to have trouble with these companies. But the theme I mentioned earlier, if you're an energy user as a consumer, you can hedge out the impact on your own financial statement of energy costs over time by owning a collection of these to represent the basket of energy you might be using, wouldn't you? I, oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a great That's idea. That's one reason to look at these. And the, uh, the the stocks are down by more than a third or something uh, similar to what Joy Global's come right. back this year uh, because of some buildup of inventory. Well, and the decline both the, in oil prices. Both the value lines write-ups, they talk about how both companies, in fact, in the Arch uh, note or uh, report, they say that uh, they're going to cut their production and Peabody's cutting it, which they you know then back up in the Peabody one as well. That's the same analyst. Um you know, in the Peabody piece, the analyst mentions 
that domestic coal fuel generators have an average of 42 days of inventory in line with a five-year average. So it's not like suddenly some burdensome overhang has developed. Right. We simply have gotten out of this extremely tight situation that we were in before. Well, and oil we prices are down. That's going to make back the stocks there, go but down. It all speaks to sustainability of a higher level of earnings in this market, which we think is very interesting. We assume that rail capacity issues will be resolved in time, it says about Arch. Um, DM&E, the rail line that uh, in the Dakotas that they're trying to, well, in Minnesota, that they're trying to run into the Powder River Basin would add significantly to transportation capacity out there and allow the, that would hurt Burlington next, Northern's, phase of, uh, monopoly. the next phase of expansion. I don't like that. Well, it's moving forward. Um, you know, the, the DM&E's own their website now, and they've developed a separate website that, some, that uh, specifically targeted promoting um, uh, approval of this new rail line. Uh, the, some have estimated $6 billion project. Uh, they need uh, better than $2 billion of federal funding. And uh, right now they've got, uh, I don't remember the number, it's uh, maybe 55 of 56 or 35 of 36. I communities along where they want to do they want to spend this money saying no have all said yes oh, the only yes. one holding out is rochester minnesota where the mayo clinic is and the mayo clinic has pulled in all of its uh political chits in an effort to try to force them to abandon this no they'll um, just go around it it just means the politicians have to tread very carefully you know, a point to make on this coal is but ultimately that it's going to happen and these are going to be the two coal producers that benefit okay? the point i'd like to make on yeah. coal is simply that we are coal independent people may not appreciate we have something like 500 years of coal uh, in terms of our current use uh, proven reserves and if you do have some political mess worldwide where oil is a problem uh, we're self-sufficient coal and it's a strategic resource so the federal government is going to be involved if here, people want to responsibly support uh, R&D to help um, support an energy independent and environmentally friendly uh, United States in the in, in the near future probably for the lifetime of anybody who's listening to the sound of my voice right now they need to realize that just for realities political realities economic realities are that coal will be a central player and they'll so work we on be, making it clean we want it you know and, let's let's spend efficient. money on figuring out ways to get the amount of carbon that needs to be emitted at all in any way shape or form down to a minute amount and then I don't know maybe we can put it in uh, put it in very large um, orbit-worthy trash cans and send it to the far I, reaches I, of the universe. I think this tide power with some of these offshore, uh, uh, basically, now just, wave mills are, are going to help us. A word, oh, seriously. A word of caution, not all not all coal miners are created equal. We've talked about Massey in the past. Uh, this stock's down more than 50%. They're located in West Virginia, Kentucky, and Virginia, mostly underground, but also some surface, uh, but firmly in the uh, part of the U.S. Uh, reserve base that will be disadvantaged if indeed the DM&E rail line does get built. So uh, much like your cautious comments about Burlington Northern also here. So despite the fact that there's um, a review of strategic alternatives going on here, that's public news. That may be the only reason that the stock's staying where it is. Earning, uh, earnings performance, very spotty here uh, historically. Uh, return on capital remains in the single digits. It's recovered to very nice levels at Peabody and Arch on the back of their more productive, higher return assets out in Wyoming. So uh, all the more reason to concentrate, you know, a position in coal in those two names 
And that's what I've got this week. Fabulous. That's a lot of good information for all the listeners. You're thanking me on their no. behalf. Well, oh, I give just, me a break. I just think it's worth thinking about to the extent you use mm-hmm. energy, own some energy to hedge out the uh, commodity price volatility on that, and uh, you know, and then you know, invest in things you really believe in. Aside from that, you understand. But this energy thing, you can just hedge it out. You own a little bit of coal, a little bit of gas, and uh, you know, move on. What was the symbol on Piedmont? PNY. PNY. If you are going to get involved in this on the uh, gas side, you know, the population growth is what drives it. That's what we like that. My favorite stock of the day, though, is this little RPM on valuation cash flow. Uh, and, you know, it's, I think, all the themes we've been talking about, it's have to be a beneficiary. Anyway, RPM, page 490. Happy holidays to everybody, and we'll, uh, we'll look forward to coming to you next week with our special holiday edition. Oh, really? <laughs> Great. I'm going to listen here what just, that's about right now. Just thought I'd add a, <laughs> add a little pressure right. to our already Perfect. stressful lives. Bye, everybody. <laughs>